Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Shane Orling, Jordan Sherwood. I'm hanging out in for Adam Abdallah. Has the week off. Good for him. Excited to be here with you, Jordan, and talking about some Saturday morning fighting coming up this weekend from London. The UFC doing it proper with uh, UFC Fight Night uh, taking place in front of the home crowd with a bunch of the home country men and women. Uh, from Europe, from London, overseas, which is great. And it's great to have you back. I guess you did well enough from the director of content standpoint, <laughs> well, Danny Zenderman, giving you the go ahead to come back on the podcast. Well enough is what he's looking for, I guess. Yes. I, I would have been looking for better personally, but well enough is good enough. What a weekend for the British, huh? Yeah. You get the British Open on. and uh, UFC London. Yeah, and a little bit of World Cup, Women's World Cup to throw into the mix as well. Not bad. A lot going on Wimbled over there. Yeah, yeah, you said Wimbledon. Wimbled yeah, it's exactly. It's like the final four there for them. How about that? All right, let's dig in to the card. Uh, the first fight here is... Tom Aspinall and Marcin Tabura. Yeah, that's the main event. So it's a it's a big time fight, obviously, to showcase a guy in Tom Aspinall. He, in a lot of people's minds, is potentially a future UFC heavyweight champion, or if not, a potential UFC heavyweight title contender. That train kind of got derailed a year ago when he fought Curtis Blades in a main event. 15 seconds into the fight, he throws a leg kick, snaps his knee, and he's been out. He's been out since with a torn ACL, I believe a torn MCL as well. So that's the first thing that you look at. I mean, this is the first fight back about a year since he was last in the octagon, and he's a big-time favorite, you know, almost 4-1, to 5-1 to one favorite uh, against Marcin Tabora. Any other time, those odds make tremendous amounts of, uh, of sense. He's young. He's got a he's a very good boxer. He's got an outstanding uh, jiu-jitsu game. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's extremely well-rounded, extremely athletic, and typically a guy in Marcin Tabora, he would steamroll through. But here's the thing. What is Tom Aspinall going to be like having not been actually in a fight inside the cage in over a year? How is he going to react? Um, and he's going up against a guy in Marcin Tabora, you know, Shea, that, like, look, he's won seven of his last eight fights. He's also very well-rounded, a guy that's extremely difficult to knock out, a guy that's never been submitted in his mixed martial arts career. So you thinking that Aspinall is going to be able to kind of rely on his Brazilian jiu-jitsu base, you know, might not be a smart investment if you're looking to, to put it in on Aspinall. Quite clearly, he's going to be amped in front of the home crowd. You know, the European fans are awesome, and they're excited to see this guy that's got a chance to become a champion. But for me, as we're recording this now on a Thursday, right? I, I got I got totally sidetracked on what day of the week <laughs> it was. It's Thursday. We're recording the Unnamed MMA podcast here on a Thursday. I think it's still worth the risk of looking at Marcin Tabora as wow. big of an underdog as he is just because you don't know what Tom Aspinall is going to be like come fight night. So the unknown there leading you to look in a different direction. Tom Aspinall is a name I recognize as somebody who doesn't pay a lot of attention to the MMA circuit, but the underdog here seems to be the way you're looking at this. I, I am. I mean, I think you, I think logically you have to just because there's a lot of risk. You don't know, again, the guy certainly has has recuperated. He's recovered. Now he's been sparring in the gym, and he's headlining a fight. I mean, they're putting this, they're building this fight card with him, uh, you know, thinking him behind it. And quite frankly, with the uncertainty of the heavyweight division, like if Aspinall wins this fight, you know, he's right in line to fight potentially John Jones or John Jones-Stipe Miocic winner for a championship. And you look at the record. I mean, it's first 
first round finishes, early finishes by knockout, by submission against everybody that Tom Aspinall has faced and been in front of in the UFC. I mean, he's unbeaten up until he runs into Curtis Blades and he gets that knee injury. But for me, Marcin Tabora is a respectable fighter. He's very well-rounded. He's a tough guy to knock out and he's a tough guy to submit. So that's why I think if you need to play this fight, you're probably playing uh, on Marcin Tabora at least today. And if you need to play like, oh, I don't want to go there, like Aspinall, then play the under because then you're then you're 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 relying on the fact maybe Aspinall's not recovered enough. Tabora gets the finish, or Aspinall does what he's supposed to do against a guy like Marcin Tabora and finish him you know out of there in like a round round and a half. I might put a couple potato chips on Marcin Tabora here. Get paid for the opinion. What a rock star you would be. Get yeah, me paid for the I, opinion. I huh? love it. I love it. I what love time people want to watch this fight? What time can they expect it to happen? So because usually these things are like eleven thirty midnight, but. Yeah, no. English this this is this is going to be great. So it's in front. It's 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 you know catered to the home the home crowd. So it's going to be like a 10 a.m. prelim. Uh, so the main card starts at 2 p.m. But there's six fights before we get to Aspinall, or five fights before we get to Aspinall. So Aspinall's probably beginning right in prime time, right in, you know in my wheelhouse of you know maybe first or second old fashioned already taking place. Dinner five six. Yeah, I start early on Saturday. So there five six five six o'clock. Who doesn't? Most likely uh, for Tom Aspinall, Marcin Tabora to to step into the octagon. But this is great. I mean, again. A fight top to bottom, a fight card top to bottom. We haven't lost any fights yet. There's 14 fights scheduled for the fight card, featuring a lot of European fighters, a lot of uh, you know English fighters that are going to get the support uh, of the home crowd. All right, let's get into some of the undercard fights here. We'll start with Molly McCann and Julija Stoliarenko. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, Molly McCann, obviously, she's kind of the doll of the women's, you know, mixed martial arts uh, uh, organization, UFC. She's got the affiliation with Dave Portnoy and Barstool. Uh, she's she's a, she's a good fighter. I, I think she's probably built up a little bit more of a resume than, than, than probably she deserves because of her affiliation with uh, uh, Portnoy and also the fact that, you know, she had in back-to-back fights up until recently, spinning back elbow knockouts. Like, those don't happen a lot, especially for someone like Molly McCann, who is not known as that. She's actually more known as, like, a grinder, you know, look for takedowns, top control, kind of a boring fighter. But she's got this popularity now, and she's done some things. You know who Patty Pimblett is. I mean, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. okay, the guy that looks like one of the Beatles. Like, so she's going on social media and, like, touring London and touring the United States and trying deep-dish pizza here in Chicago. Good for her. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So, like, no squads, you think? Yeah, uh, she's probably had it all, done it all, seen it all. So, um, again, Molly McCann shouldn't be as big of a favorite as she is. Public money pours in on Molly McCann. Uh, I mean, she's going to be better probably in all, in all areas against Shunderlanko. She's a former champion, you know, good Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a black belt, good off of her guard, but just hasn't lived up to the hype uh, within her UFC and mixed martial arts career. I mean, she's now one in four in the UFC. She does have one finish over Jessica Rose Clark, who's always a tough out. But outside of that, this is a fighter that's been dominated, been finished before. But I, I think people are probably going to get a little bit blinded about McCann and kind of the hype surrounding her and and, and seeing those highlights of those back-to-back spinning elbow knockouts. Uh, Storyolenko is typically a tough fighter to finish. Molly McCann is not typically a finisher outside of those spinning back elbows. So for me, it's twofold. It's the over, typically, that falls into a women's mixed martial arts fight, and then Molly McCann via decision. So I think you could get that right now at plus money. The latest that I saw it at FanDuel was plus 110. Plus one fifteen. I can check that again, but pay attention to that. I think you don't get blinded by the fact you think Molly McCann's a finisher. I think 
She, yeah, she, she like Aspinall, will be motivated by the home crowd, but I think this is the fight that actually gets a little bit uglier, a little bit slower, back to like a typical Molly McCann fight. And Molly McCann winning the fight via decision is likely going to be my play. And I looked at it right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's heavy plus money. It's actually plus 245. So, yeah, you go to that. I'm intrigued. I'm into it. I'm like it. This is like horse racing. Make an opinion, get paid for it. Uh, all right, let's get into Nathaniel Wood, Andre Philly. Yeah, I mean, again, very it should be an entertaining fight. Both guys very well-rounded. Nathaniel Wood also kind of, you know, an up-and-comer, got derailed a little bit a few years ago by John Dotson when he got knocked out. I don't think he's lived up to the hype, but certainly very good. Re- works in wrestling with with, with uh, grap- or works in wrestling, grappling, same thing. Works in his wrestling with his striking. But Andre Feely is a tough customer. He's extremely uh, athletic. He's long for the division. A tough guy to go out there and finish. I think a small play probably on Andre Touchy Feely. You like okay. That yeah, you that's like that. really good. That's one of the best there is in, in McFarland. Arts. So I think, again, because Feely's been around the block. I mean, he's he's comes from the Team Alpha Male camp. That's Uriah Favor. He's fought everybody there is. He looked kind of good. He, he looked good his last time out against Bill Algio. The one thing I guess you have to concern, concern yourself with is prior to that, he's got stopped in 41 seconds by uh, Joe Anderson Brito, and Brito's been knocking out people left and right, but the worrisome is, is like after a knockout, typically, Shay, like how does the guy respond? So yeah. you're looking at it a fight after the knockout, so that leans it a little bit uh, better. So I, if if you have to play this fight, I probably will play a small a small little play a sprinkle. We do that. We say the sprinkle with Adam Abdal on Andre Feely just because he's he, he, Woods not lived up to like where we thought he'd be. Feely is well rounded and, and been been there before, but it's it's not a recommended play. Like I'm not gonna have Feely as part of my Fat Jack Sports uh, picks that are gonna be released uh, likely tomorrow Friday afternoon after weigh-ins. But small play on Andre Feely. But if you're feeling fat and happy, sprinkle a little bit on. Feely. Yeah, look, if you got the round three leader in the, at the British Open and you, you're feeling pretty good and you're gonna hedge a little bit your bets, go on Andre Feely. That's not bad. Uh, Paul Craig and uh, versus Andre Munoz up next. Yeah, very good fight. You'll like this guy's nickname too. Uh, uh, Paul Craig, the Bear Jew. Uh, that, Ooh, I, I, yeah. from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, and this there guy, this guy will be in his Scottish garb. He'll paint his face. He'll look like out of Braveheart. You know, kind of, kind of deal. Uh, very interesting. So first and foremost, you got to pay attention to weigh-ins for this fight because Paul Craig is making the first jump from light heavyweight down to middleweight. So he's going to look to cut that extra couple of pounds to see if he can make the middleweight limit because after a long and long career at the you know top fifteen, top ten of the light heavyweight division, he's going to tr- tr- try his craft at, at middleweight. So that's the first thing that you have to look for. And I always recommend that. Like typically, I don't officially like to release picks until we get to weigh-in just to see how guys look at the scale, especially if there's a new weight cut, like in the case of Paul Craig. Paul Craig is one of the best guards in mixed martial arts, not just in the light heavyweight division, in the middleweight division, the best guards in general. So he is a submission whiz. He's a guy that's improved his stand-up, but likely is, you know, when he gets in there against a guy like he just did against Johnny Walker, uh, a guy that could just outstrike him and, and land a bomb, you don't want to mess with that. He did, and he got knocked out for it. So, Andre Munoz is not a guy that likes to stand. He likes to get down and, and submit guys, break arms, break yeah. legs, you know, and, and and grab necks. So he has improved his striking. He'll certainly be the more athletic fighter and and the faster fighter, probably at 185, depending on the the, the, the cut for Paul Craig. But look, as, as I, Abdal would say, dogs are barking. Like, I, I like the matchup for Paul Craig because Munoz's most comfortable path to victory for him is getting on the ground and, and, and looking for submission. That's a tall order against a guy in Paul Craig that's extremely comfortable off of his back. So 
Small play on Paul Craig, but again, worrisome. How's the weight cut going to look like? Munoz is a favorite for a reason. He's been at, the, at 185 with some of the best fighters in the world in that weight class. So it's a wait and see, but maybe a small play on Paul Craig. Jordan Sherwood running a kennel on Saturday. <laughs> look at all these dogs. Uh, Jai Herbert and Ferez Zayam, the last fight on our card to talk about today. What do you got? Yeah, I, I like the looks of Zayam here. I think he's going to match up very well. I mean, this should be a striking matchup, a fun fight to kind of get you know our main cards you know somewhat started here with both guys. Uh, both guys long for the division. Both guys good strikers for the division. I think I'm looking at age as a se- you know separator as well. You know, Zayam is you know about few years younger than Jay Herbert. Herbert's a guy that's been knocked out a couple of the, the last couple of times. I think the only thing you have to worry about is, again, is Herbert going to feed off of the home crowd? Is If we get into a situation where we're going to the judges' scorecards, are they going to be swayed? But I like the looks of Zayam. I, I think that he you know, he fared very well in a loss to Terrence McKinney that he got stopped, you know, even though it was, you know, two minutes into the fight. I think he looked good. He bounced back off of that fight with an impressive victory, and he also looked good uh, in his, uh, you know, first couple of fights in the UFC. So I like the favorite here. I think Zayim should be the favorite, and that's why I'm going to side with him. No real, uh, you know, uh, suggestion on the method of victory. I think if, if you look at it, probably the over is also going to be recommendation, even though both guys are strikers very good. Uh, I, I think the over, this one's going to the judges' scorecards, and Zayim gets his hand raised. So they can't all be dogs. Got to go with the favorite eventually. Get secure. Get yourself some money. Feel good going into all these dogs the rest of the day. Huh? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, one little other artist suggestion, too, because I always like to point out one, oh, yeah. as you know, on the on the uh, the prelims. Uh, Makhman Baradov and Brian Barbarena. Bam Bam. Another great nickname for Brian Barbarena. But ba- Brian Barbarena now is making, again, it's, we, we've talked about this a couple of times now, guys changing weight classes. So Brian Barbarena now is, is going to change, uh, you know, his weight class. Uh, he's moving from welterweight up to middleweight. So he's going up in weight. I just don't think that, you know, so again, he's going to be a smaller fighter, a guy that struggled with grapplers and wrestlers. And Muradov is that type of guy. He's going to look for takedowns, look for submissions. And I'll, you know, be it Brian Barmaranda, the last two times that we saw him, he got submitted by RDA. He got submitted by Gunnar Nelson. But those are the top heap of the welterweight division in submissions and, and what their ability to do from a Brazilian jiu-jitsu standpoint. I think Muradov is not that. He's more of the wrestling background, the wrestling acumen, control. So Muradov, big favorite. You stuff him into a parlay because I don't think Brian, Brian Barbarina going up in weight is a smart move. But Murata via decision, also at plus money right now. Uh, so you obviously whittle down those odds of, at minus 340, like plus 110, 105, and you get that done. All right, so let's run through the main card again quickly. Get the people sorted. Get their bets out for the weekend. Yeah, so I, I mean, I do think, again, a small play on Marcin Tabora, just the risk of Aspinall. What is he going to look like less than a year removed from a devastating knee injury? I mean, he's athletic. He's young enough, so Aspinall probably should be his favorite as he is, but I think it's too much risk. But I think you hedge that with the under at one and a half thinking Aspinall could get the finish. Molly McCann, I like her to win the fight against Sterlenko, but I don't think she's going to finish her like she's been doing in her previous victory. So McCann via decision, uh, I think you're going to get fooled by a lot of the highlights that you see. Small play on Andre Feely over uh, Nathaniel Wood at Featherweight. But again, I'm not as confident in it. Both guys do have risks with their plays, but I'll take the underdog in Feely. The same with Paul Craig. Wait till weigh-ins. He's going down from light heavyweight to middleweight. Got to wait to, to see what he looks like. But I think Andre Munoz's path to victory is what Paul Craig likes via submission. So I like Paul Craig. Small play on the dog there. And then also on the favorites for Zayim over Jai Herbert. I think Zayim gets his hand raised and he should be the favorite.
There you go. The dogs are out in London this weekend. As Adam Abdallah would say, dogs are barking. I'm Shane Orling. He's Jordan Sherwood. It's the unnamed MMA podcast on ESPN Chicago.